Today on Locked On Canadians, Cole Caulfield's season is over. Samuel Montembeau with a great performance against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who lost against a Montreal Canadiens team with no players on it. All that coming up next on Locked On Canadians. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 770 of Locked On Canadians. We thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by our brand new partner, FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm not joined by my wonderful co-host Scott Matla, who has the night off. He was at the Bills game. Unfortunately, the Bills lost, uh, but he's recovering from that on-field experience. We'll ask him about it later in the week. So I'm hosting the show solo today. And I got to tell you, uh, it's rough being a Canadians fan right now, but I am living my best life because the Toronto Maple Leafs lost to the Montreal Canadiens team with no players on it. Call-ups from the AHL. Everybody's injured. Cole Caulfield season is over. And the Toronto Maple Leafs could not beat Samuel Montembeau. Rem Pitlick with an overtime winner. John Tavares kind of lost the plot there, uh, trying to defend against that attempt. So very happy for Rem Pitlick. Uh, the call-ups really, you know, showing what they can do. In Montreal at this time but obviously we know that Cole Caulfield season is over and it's really really sad apparently he's been playing injured for quite some time but the complexity of the injury made it so that he can no longer basically live in denial and keep trying to play uh, and he's going to have surgery and it's going to end his season and it's really, really unfortunate because I really do think that if he weren't injured, that 40 goals in one season would have been within reach. You know, last year he had the Ducharme factor. This year he has the injury factor. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about injuries in the in the coming days as well. And, and sort of, you know, a big topic in Montreal is why are there so many injuries? Why do Why does Montreal have more man games lost to injury seemingly in the last few years than ever before and also than most other teams it feels like so we are going to talk a little bit about that in our second segment and we're also going to talk about it as time goes on because I do think it's something worth paying attention to uh you know as fans like we're not the only ones who've noticed media's noticed they've asked Kent Hughes about it so it's definitely a topic of conversation but I do want to talk about the game a little bit because when you saw that lineup that uh I think it was 11 forward seven defensemen uh, and you saw basically how few players Martin St. Louis had at his disposal. And you know that Toronto is a talented team that fancies itself a contender. I like they they had their work cut out for them. And, and I have to say Samuel Montembeau was fantastic. 
you know that on this show, we like natural stat trick. That is where we go to get our underlying numbers and to have the game broken down in depth for us. Once we're done watching it, sometimes we avoid it, especially if the Canadians play a really good game because we don't want to be brought back down to earth by their underlying numbers. But if you take a look at what I love what they do, they visualize a heat map which is where the chances are coming from, which is where the scoring chances. It's not just the shots, but the high danger chances. And the and the heat map kind of intensifies the better the chance of scoring is essentially. Like if I wanted to translate it into Laura terms or, you know, just any uh, layperson's terms, that's, that's the way that I read the heat maps. And so all of Toronto's most dangerous chances came from literally right in front of Samuel Montembeau, like kind of in his kitchen. Um, and he stood tall. In fact, he's playing so well that right now his expected goals against or his uh, goals saved above expected is, I think, top six in the league or top eight in the league. It is something crazy like that. You take a guy that the Canadians picked up off of waivers and, you know, he's putting up these this kind of numbers and it's enabling those people like Rem Pitlick, like even Kirby Doc, who is one of the more talented players and more promising players on this team, it's allowing those players to capitalize on opportunities and on Toronto's frustrations. And I have to be honest with you in that first period when, you know, the, the Leafs went up 2-0, I thought, all right, here we go. This is going to end 7-1 or, you know, 8-1 or something like that. It was going to be one of those things where you know how much I hate when Leafs fans are happy. I was starting to get a little bit nervous. I was starting to get a little bit frustrated with the Habs. But, you know, they ended up scoring and they ended up winning the game in overtime. And uh, there's something about Toronto or beating Toronto that takes the sting out of a lot of stuff. And I know, you know, people are talking, this isn't going to hurt their chances at tanking, okay? They're still, I'm looking at the league standings right now. And Montreal is 26th, right? They're not that far from the bottom. So I think we don't have to worry too much about the tank, especially now that Cole Caulfield is no longer on this team for the rest of the season. I think the tank will be fine. The draft pick will be fine. Uh, But beating Toronto always feels good. Uh, And, you know, Nick Suzuki playing, I think he played something like 25 minutes. Those are the Dano Chara numbers. I think, you know, he... He's playing too much. Uh, he is, I think it was, I, I want to say it was Andrew Berkshire on Game Over was talking about how Martin Salem, he just throws him out there for any situation, right? Whether it's a penalty kill, whether it's an offensive zone start, whether it's a defensive zone start, whether it's the beginning of the game, whether it's overtime, whether it's a power play, whether they need a spark, he just throws Nick Suzuki on the ice. He didn't have to do that in the Toronto game because he just left Nick Suzuki on the ice a lot. So get that man some rest. It's a good thing that he's only 22 years old. <laughs> he, he, you know, um, it is, it is quite, uh, it's quite impressive what Nick Suzuki manages to do. Uh, and I, I honestly feel for him, his line mate that he creates such good chances and goals with is not playing for the remainder of the season. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I, you know, I wanted to shout that out. I, you know, Kirby doc as well. Like uh, I have to say, I wasn't disappointed in him at all. Uh, and, um, I think, I think, you know, you, you have to be happy about that and move on. There's not all that much more to say about that Toronto game. Like the Canadians just really, Toronto was the better team. If you look at the underlying numbers by far, um, you know, they controlled the game for most of it, but the Canadians had key guys step up, uh, and really get the job done. And to be honest, like however ugly that win would have been, 
as long as it's a win over Toronto, I think I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I feel good. Um, and so we're going to move on to our three up and three down uh, in our next segment, which normally we do the three down first and then we do the three up later. So we'll start with that. And that's all coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here, and we're really, really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you're a new customer, you can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I know right now the Bills lost, and I'm sorry to my co-host, uh, but we know that the NFL matchups are set for next week, and you might want to get in on that action. So you are going to want to place your bets, and you're going to want to do it on FanDuel. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Any fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And us. All right, so normally on a Monday episode, we'll do a three up and a three down. And we usually try to start with a three down so that we start with the lower you know, the sadder part, and then we bring the mood back up. And that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. Obviously, uh, it's not his fault, but Cole Caulfield has an injury, played through an injury for most of the season, and now has to be shut down because he has to have shoulder surgery, and it's going to have him out for the remainder of the season. And I got to tell you, there's a big question mark with the trainers and the medical medical professionals in Montreal, precisely because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there have been a lot of injuries. There have been, like, man games lost to injury in Montreal is kind of artificially, not artificially high, unnaturally high or disproportionately high compared to the rest of the league and compared to previous years and decades uh, in Montreal. And uh, Kent Hughes even alluded to this when he was asked about it. There was a preponderance of back injuries last year. There's a lot. And he said that, you know, this is something to be evaluated at about at the end of this season. They're going to look at the numbers. They're going to look at that. But he also pointed this out. And I think it's really, really key is that hockey players tend to want to play injured, particularly when there's a season or playoffs or playoff series on the line is that they push themselves to come back as fast as possible. They tend to play injured, particularly if there's a playoff possibility Uh, And even like, don't even get me started. If they're in a Stanley Cup final, they're going to play with three broken ribs and half a leg. But it's definitely like the player's attitude doesn't help. But I think it's important to kind of examine and take a closer look at the medical staff in Montreal and see what's going on there. Like sometimes you gotta you gotta say no to players and it's hard. But you have to do it. I mean, you know, lots of people didn't say no to Carey Price and he wanted to play and look where he is now. So I really do think that the, the Canadians have to kind of rethink the way they do injuries, it might not be that they have bad medical professionals on staff. It's just that players want to be on the ice against advice and, and they've been letting them get away with it and they need to stop doing that. Um, and so, you know, and we, we know that from like the, the length or not the length, sorry, the degree to which Cole Caulfield is injured. I hope that his 
surgery is successful and that his recovery is successful and then he comes back next year and he does the 40 goal in one season thing, I really want to see it. Um, and so that's one of my downs for this week. Um, another one of my downs is how the Vancouver Canucks handled that Bruce Boudreaux situation where they literally did not fire him. And here's the thing, apparently, now I don't know if this has been confirmed yet or not, but apparently, and I believe this is coming from Elliot Friedman, if I'm not mistaken, it might be Eric Francis. Um, and it was, it was definitely somebody who reported that the contract that Rick Tockett had with TNT had a four weeks notice clause in it. So if that's true, the Vancouver Canucks have known for four weeks that they're going to fire Bruce Boudreaux and they're letting him get out there, not just coach the team, but face the media. And it's all management's dysfunction that he's basically the face of. And he does not deserve that. And there are so many problems wrong in Vancouver but the way that they've handled, I mean, you, we've already talked about the way that they handled the Rachel Dory firing. Now, the way that they're handling the or handled the Bruce Boudreaux firing, it just, it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. And it's just, it's, you don't have to be transparent with everybody. But if somebody leaves your organization and has the grounds to make a human rights complaint about you, um, and then if, you know, less than a few months later, like less than three months later, I think it was less than two months later, they keep string somebody along while openly bringing in his replacement and making him go out there and coach a team for the last time, knowing that Monday morning, somebody else is going to be introduced as the head coach. I just, I don't like it. I don't like the way they've handled that. You don't have to tell the world everything, but you do have to treat your own employees with dignity. And the Vancouver Canucks are on my down list. I do also want to say, and this is a little bit more personal, but if you're a Habs fan, chances are you've discovered us through Habs Eyes on the Prize. I used to write there. Uh, over a decade ago, I started writing there. That's where I met my co-host um, and we became co-workers there and now we're co-workers here. And Scott Matla is still uh, somebody who writes for Habs Eyes on the Prize. And... They're a big deal in the Montreal Canadiens community. And it is by far one of the most popular uh, communities for hockey fans. And it was one of, I want to say, just under 30 communities that Vox Media informed on Friday that they are no longer supporting financially and they will cut ties with them at the end of February. Now, it's not about business because if it was, I know it Habs Eyes on the Price from the days that I was writing there a decade ago was the top hockey blog and it has consistently remained by far the number one hockey blog on Vox Media. It generally beats other sports. Forget about just other hockey communities, other NHL communities. And it, it was one of the biggest ones. So I saw an outpouring uh, of, of, you know, um, dismay, sadness and all of that. I, 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 like, I don't know what else to say. Like Vox Media, like they did them dirty. Uh, they did all of these blogs dirty. There are a lot of profitable blogs on there. And the thing is, they said that it was, that they thought it was best to cut ties with what wasn't making money or was costing too much. And if you get a site with, I think it is over 1 million hits a month, it's something, it's, it's something ridiculous for a city like Montreal, for a niche market, like a hockey, you know, a hockey fandom, 
And you can't make money off of 1 million hits a month. And I can tell you, I'm very proud of the work that we do here. And that we don't we don't have those numbers and we're doing pretty okay. So if you can't make money off of a site like that, that is a you problem. That is nothing wrong with the contributors, the fans, the readers, everybody, the podcasters at Habs Eyes on the Prize. So Vox Media is like way on my down. And I, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the content on there and what that meant to me. But I'll wait for Scott because Scott is currently still um, uh, an editor and a contributor at Habs Eyes on the Prize. So I, I want to give him the opportunity. Like, we'll talk about the best, you know, the, the best times that we had there, the best content that we put out, our favorite content from other people on there, all of that. We'll talk about that later in the week when there's, you know, a little bit less news going on. But I do want to really, you know, just mention that that is, it's like, it's a loss for Habs fans if they don't rebrand and regroup somewhere else. They do have a Patreon. I have already contributed to it. If you follow me on Twitter, I've retweeted it a couple of times. Scott has retweeted it a couple of times. So there is a Patreon for the people who are the contributors of uh, Habs Eyes on the Prize. They will be moving to whatever platform they can. And their ultimate goal is to not need those Patreon sub sub uh, subscriptions. They want to be ad supported. So if you want to help support them until that, until such a time that they can be independent, they can pay their writers and we can keep having uh, eyes on the prize. You know, that depth chart, the 25 under 25, all of that. If you want to keep that going, check out their Patreon and remember that the entire goal is to get them on their feet somewhere else, not Vox Media, and get them to start ad partnerships where they will not need our subscriptions in order to keep going. But there are a lot of good contributors there. There are a lot of people that do a lot of great work there. You know, you just like anywhere on social media, Facebook, uh, Reddit, I was I was searching everywhere and everyone was really, 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 really upset about this. It is a huge loss, especially to the English speaking Habs community, which if you're listening to this podcast, I know you are part of. So check it out. Um, you can find them and I'm not sure, I, I, I don't think I'm allowed to link the Patreon here, but it is on my Twitter account. Um, and we'll have some of the Habs Eyes on the Price contributors on over the course of the next month until the end of February. So you could talk about, you know, what they're doing, what they're planning. Once there's a concrete plan, we'll share that here as well, because it's really a huge loss for the Habs community. And they are like, they, they created us, you know, they're responsible for me and Scott. Uh, Locked on recruited us, but we came from Habs Eyes on the Prize. Like we would not exist on the internet. I would not have had my producer job. I would not have any hockey jobs if it wasn't for Eyes on the Prize. So it's really, really important that we continue to support those contributors because, I mean, one of them went on to win a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche, right? Like it's so, so important in this community. So if you've benefited from them, check out the Patreon. But the idea is that we won't have to pay for them for too long. Hopefully they'll be fully ad supported in the future. Um, anyway, down with Vox Media <laughs> for doing that really, 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 really terrible business decision and very, very uncool. But we're going to turn our attention now back to the ice. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to take control of my health. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, which is what I need. It supports mental clarity and alertness and is the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. 
This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It is all of the things, all of the things. And right now you can reclaim your health and you can arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. That's all. You do not need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, it is time for our three up of the week. And we've got lots of candidates today. So I'm going to start first with a shout out to Ottawa Senators head coach, DJ Smith. He said that he wants to break up the top six of the Ottawa Senators because he thinks that they need to put one on every line because not everybody's working. That top six is, in fact, one of the top uh, sets of trios, one of the top, top sixes in terms of expected goals for. So if DJ Smith, you want to split them up, you go ahead and do that. I fully support you. I love this journey for you, DJ Smith. So you are one of my ups of this week just for that. And I hope you follow through with this Um, because as a Habs fan, I really hate to see it, don't I? Uh, Our next up goes to Lane Hudson, who is the NCAA leader in points per game. Who would have thunk it other than, you know, us, the short King fans. So if you have time, praise the hot sun, (laughs) Lane Hudson. Uh, And, you know, he's definitely one of the ups. You have to shout out Samian Montembeau and the work that he's been doing lately. His numbers in the wins are incredible. Scott did a poetic episode, like wax poetic to Samuel Montembeau last week. So I'm not going to rehash it over and over again. But this guy was a waiver wire pickup. He was a guy that Florida had given up on and he got picked up by Montreal. And at the time, I think too, the Montreal was like the last in the in the waiver pickups or the second last because they had uh, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final without winning, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so there's definitely like, he was just this guy that everybody else passed on and almost cleared waivers. And Montreal picked him up as an insurance option because Carey Price was not ready to go. And here he is playing incredible games, sometimes back to back. He's giving the Canadians a chance to win every night. Thankfully, the lineup isn't all that great. So it's not really hurting their, their draft position all, all that much. But you have to shout him out. I mean, it's incredible what he's been able to do, uh, not playing injured. So big shout out to him. Uh, another up, you have to say Nick Suzuki. He played so many minutes against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, so many. I also want to shout out Rem Pitlick. Uh, he, you know, he did the most of his call up. It's not just that overtime goal. I think Rem Pitlick is the kind of player when you, if you put him in the right situation, he really, really thrives. Like you can't rely on him to be your best transitional player. You can't rely on him to be your best penalty killer, anything like that. Not at all. But he, when you put him in a position to make them, to capitalize on an opportunity, there are few in terms of the, you know, in in terms of the halves, like call-ups and AHLers that would really be able to do something like that. So I really wanted to include him as one of my ups um, and, you know, I also like props to the whole team for beating 
beating the Leafs on, on Saturday night. Like that, that spelled disaster, right? Like the emotional toll of losing Cole Caulfield and like already being a decimated lineup. Also already like that huge imbalance in talent between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. And then the Canadians pull out that win. So they're also on my up list. And that's going to be it for our Monday episode. We're obviously going to talk about the implications of Cole Caulfield being out. First of all, the Canadians need bodies. Where are they going to get them? Uh, second, how does this affect, you know, their training position? Because right now they don't have bodies to move out in order to bring people in or in order to get prospects and picks, which is what they want. Also, is there a possibility of emergency call-ups? And who would you who would get that opportunity? And who would you put in Laval? There's just there's so many things to talk about. And, you know, I think I think there's going to be a lot of discussion going on. We're also going to start having a lot more guests to talk about the draft and things like that. And that's all coming up. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, You can also subscribe, subscribe to us on YouTube. And make sure you hit that bell so you know when there's new uh, when there's new content coming out. Like I said, we're gonna get like really into the Cole Caulfield injury and like what this what, what implications this has for the roster and everything. Um, and also uh, make sure that you contact us. You can follow us on Twitter at lo underscore Canadians. We will take our questions. Like you can either reply to us or DM us. Um, we're happy, but with that, you can also leave your comments and questions in the YouTube. Uh, just be nice to each other um, and. Also, you can email us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. Do not forget that there's some YouTube questions and mailbag questions that we haven't answered on our Friday mailbag. So that's coming up probably on our next episode. Uh, So make sure you tune in. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you tomorrow.